Quest episode 293. I'm your host, uh, Mike Apps. Can't think of anything funny right now. And with me as always. Colorful, but Shadow Drop by Microsoft. David Murray, Battle Master. Nice. See, I was trying to think of something Dragon Quest Eleven jokey, and I, it, nothing came to mind. <laughs> nothing that wouldn't have been a spoiler. Yes. But I just got to spoilers, and boy, yeah. did things happen. Oh boy! Yes. Uh, mild spoiler: collecting all those colored orbs does not lead you to the end of the game. I can't believe that a Dragon Quest game would not be quick and straightforward. Yes, like I knew, I knew that was not the case because I know that game's a lot longer, but I wasn't sure exactly where it was going. <laughs> yeah. Going? Talking about Dragon, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Of the eleventh oh, variety, you gotta play it. I am. I have been playing. I was playing it today. It's mm. good. It very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're making actual progress. I have a very specific uh, guess as to where you are at exactly this moment. In Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, after many cutscenes, it appears I am controlling Silvando, or will be. By himself. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a new section for the S version. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like originally. Uh, you just sort of would run into Silvando later, and it would be sort of implied what he had been doing, but in the S version, you actually play them. Oh, that's pretty cool. Silvando's great. Yes, he is. Yeah. The whole cast is great. Yeah, it's, it's a very strong cast. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. But yeah, so that's, I, I assume it's been that and Destiny, and I don't want to hear about the Destiny. I will kill the Destiny. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're at like the end of, we're at the end of the current expansion, so there's not a lot to talk about. Thank god. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I did, uh, honestly, what I'm doing right now is going back and playing old content that I missed out on, like some of the old raids and stuff like that, so I mean, no one really wants to hear about that anyway. Especially me. <laughs> I mean, I'm right up there next to him. I mean, the uh, there is a cool spacewalk portion in one of the old raids I did that was pretty sweet. But they also just did that again in a non-raid thing. So old anyway, old news. Yes, lots of Dragon Quest, and I have played a little bit of Fire Emblem. Engage. 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 And it it looks fun. It's fun. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely a different flavor of Fire Emblem, and I am a hundred percent fine with that. It's and, good the the series can move between tones and styles, yeah, uh, within itself. And it gives you the tone right away because the opening song is like taking the Fire Emblem theme and turning it into a dorky like anime opening theme. I Good. Kind of love it. <laughs> I mean, isn't that it? Wasn't that the whole premise of FE? Nah, I mean, there are different kinds of dorky yeah. anime. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Three Houses takes itself pretty seriously. I'd say the 3DS games probably less so to some extent. But yeah. Depends. Depends. It varies, and it's, it's all cool. It's just good. It's yeah. good that it varies. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, gameplay seems very good so far. I like it. I like the whole concept of using the old Fire Emblem characters. Yeah. And it feels it's like, an anniversary sort of game. Yeah, it feels like a less abusive version of Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So yeah, and, uh, I have zero complaints. I've played not that much so far, but I have zero complaints. Uh, let's see anything else I've played. I've been playing a little more. I've been playing uh, Void Terrarium on and off, and that's very fun. Mm -hmm. Definitely a much if if you like sharing the water, but it's too like stressful for you. This is definitely uh, a game I'd recommend for people because it's like you you go into dungeons like trying to collect certain materials and you don't lose those when you die like you start every time you go in mm. you start at level one kind of the premise is like your little robot gets stripped of everything every time he gets booted out of the dungeons so but not like the not like the story important resources you've collected so um, you can kind of get that roguelike feeling, but not, not like the whole complete loss of everything that really hardcore roguelikes go for. So it's 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 interesting. I I didn't think like I didn't think a game like that would be as good, and it definitely is actually quite compelling and fun. Uh, so maybe I should check out some of those. Um, Pokemon ones I thought were too easy again. Perhaps. Perhaps. But that's but I have Dragon Quest to play, so that's for You have so time. much Dragon Quest to play. Yeah, I have a lot. And then you'll have like a dragon to play because I'll like browbeat you. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, I said yes. Yes. There will be many dragons this year. It's the year of the dragon. Like I don't care that it's the year of the bunny. It's the year of the dragon for me. Wait for the dun dun dun. But yeah, uh, sounds like you're making good progress in Dragon Quest. So you yeah. earn a stay of execution. Yay! <laughs> see. Uh... As, as for me, I've been continuing through Dragon Age. Speaking of dragons. Uh, That's like pretty... Dragon Quest, but not quite as good. It's not like Dragon Quest at all. It's very good. No, it's, not. <laughs> it's not even close to being the same. Like <laughs> As far apart from each other as they could be while still being fantasy RPGs. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I have I've made significant progress. Um on a bunch of last night, I was basically running down a bunch of uh, party member uh, personal quests. I did the uh, personal quests for Cole, who is your uh, one of your rogues. He's like a his backstory is kind of spoilery and weird, but he 
he is a half step between the settings like humans and spirits and so he's like his personal quests involves you sort of like having an influence about whether he's going to be more of a human or a spirit but uh but you know yeah that was an interesting uh one to go through i did the side quest for solace who uh he was very angry in his side quest. I suppose that's that's just how those things go. Uh, and I did the side quest for your character Iron Ball, which uh, is an interesting one, just because the like how you resolve that quest has a lot of implications for where that character goes if you do the epilogue. Uh, because spoilers, if you resolve it the if you resolve it a specific way. Uh, then in the epilogue, no matter what happens, he will attempt to kill you. <laughs> Which is, it's an interesting thing to do because it's like you can you can be uh, you can have extremely high approval or close friendship with them. You can you can even be in a romantic relationship with that character, and if you resolve it the wrong way, it just it changes his uh, it, it solidifies and changes his ideas of what's important to him in life such that no matter what he will always end up try having uh, like trying to kill you during the epilogue which is it's interesting to have those situations where the game has to specifically ignore the mechanics uh, the mechanics of uh, socialization that they build into the game it's, it's, it's interesting uh, then let's see I did one of the major story quests called Here Lies the Abyss, which um, answers a lot of what's going on in the game and also has some interesting uh, some interesting uh, implications for how your Inquisition is going to uh, like what what changes it's making in the areas that you're active in it's 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 a good quest it's got some uh interesting decisions that would be harder if i hadn't made different decisions in prior games <laughs> uh because uh spoilers for a game that is now nearly nine years old um there is a decision in one of the in the Here Lies the Abyss quest about what of returning characters from prior games is going to die, and uh, the, the issue at hand is that one of them is always the same character, but one of them uh, is dependent upon choices made in a prior game, and because of the choices I've made in prior games, the only person it could actually be was someone who really only shows up for a couple of minutes in Dragon Age 2, so it's harder to feel bad about leaving them behind, even though the game does its best to try to characterize them during that set of missions. It's just one of those situations where it's like, there's only so much you can do to make the player care with the screen time that they had. Mm. So it's, it's not as hard of a decision as, probably, as they probably hoped it would be. Uh... I, I'm, I'm still terrible, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Very. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. 
I will say that uh, originally uh, one of their ideas for uh, who one of the characters you would have to leave behind was was it was going to be uh, the protagonist of the, your protagonist from the first game, and that was going to be one of the options. But the mechanics of actually putting treat, bringing that character into the story and treating them like a character who had a personality were too complicated. So they could not do that. But I think that if it had been a choice between your protagonist from the first game and the other character that is always uh, one of the options, it, it would have been like a gut-wrenching choice for a lot of fans of the series. Mm. But yeah, it's 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 a good uh, it's a good side mission. Uh, not side mission. It's a good story quest. Uh, I've made a lot of headway into the game. Uh, I'll probably be doing another of the main story quests over the next couple of days. Uh, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts. Uh, that's that'll be an interesting one. Um, outside of that. Uh, Played a game that Microsoft Shadow dropped today. Nice. Uh, I don't think Wheels is playing it right now, but he should. <laughs> well, I, it's like rhythm based. That seems kind of hard when I have the volume all the way down. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to hurt you. Oh, God. Uh, why? But yeah, uh, for, for those who were not paying attention to the Microsoft uh, developer direct that they did today, uh, everything else that they talked about was stuff that we all already kind of knew about uh new forza new uh elder scrolls online uh expansion like all this seems to be stuff that's for relatively uh in the next few months so it's not their entire 2023 year lineup but uh they did like a long uh like gameplay demonstration of arcane's new game redfall which looks pretty good uh but the surprise of the show, because I think people were kind of expecting them to announce when uh, Ghostwire Tokyo would be on Xbox, because that was one of those situations where the game came out on PS5 because there was a deal put in place before Microsoft bought uh, ZeniMax. And so they did not, uh, they, they weren't going to try to break that deal. So. Uh, it has like a year exclusivity to PS5, and then eventually it's going to come out on uh, Xbox. It's just a question of when. I think probably probably in a couple months because that's when the deal will be up. But people are uh, seemingly kind of expecting them to announce when Ghostwire will be coming out on mm. Xbox. But they brought out Tango GameWorks, uh, who uh, like they did Ghostwire, they did The Evil Within, uh, but. Uh, and Tango Gameworks announced an entirely new game called Hi-Fi Rush and uh, announced that it was on Game Pass today. Uh, and Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm Devil May Cry sort of game. Neat. Uh, you're a Dorcas with a robot arm and an MP3 player that has been inexplicably uh surgically shoved into his chest uh and you are going around uh beating things with a guitar and the game's combat system uh, and really everything is done to a constant uh, fairly simple 
beat. Uh, but as, if you do attacks on the beat, like, uh, or I should say, your attacks will always be on the beat. The game is very clear about, like, it does not matter how fast you're pressing things, like, your attacks will always come out on the beat. All of your animations are going to be done on the beat. Oh, but okay. uh, if, you pr if you're pressing buttons to the beat, your attacks will come out uh, stronger and they will combo more easily. Uh, your dodges, you can chain dodges, but only if they're on the beat. Uh, you have uh, a pretty rad soundtrack going on in the background. During boss fights, it seems to switch to license tracks. Although if you're in streamer mode, it uh, replaces them with uh, original tracks that seem to have the same sort of beats, uh, like BPM. But uh, let's see. So the first boss was like uh, it was a nine-inch nails track. What was it? Was it one... it's... Yeah, I think it was uh, one million by nine-inch nails. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a game with a great style to it. Uh, it's it's nice to play something that's that just uh, unvarnishedly colorful. Uh, and Honestly, we just don't see cell shading often enough anymore. No. Like, uh, just as a style, it's largely gone out of vogue. Even in games that are being stylis uh, stylistically cartoony, you just don't see it super often outside of, like, anime licensed games. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's very visually pleasing. Uh, character designs are good. The art design, just in general. It's very good, great music, uh, good voice acting. Uh, just very, very charming uh, and kind of an ideal thing to just start playing on Game Pass and just uh, just enjoy as like a low-key, oh, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> so, been, been having quite a bit of fun with the first few hours of that. Um, I started on hard mode because... Uh, if there are two things that I actually enjoy playing in hard mode, it's rhythm games and character action games. So a combination of the two, I might as well just start on hard mode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been I've been having nothing but a good time. With that. Um, uh, it definitely it takes some getting used to, uh, just because the the most uh, the, the, the most uh, when you're when you're playing a character action game, you're trying to get something to happen. It's it's often very tempting to just hammer a button to try to hit that first uh, the first frame where you're open, and because of the rhythm aspect, that's super not helpful to do in this. It won't work, and it uh, breaks your combos. But uh, you know, it's 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 quite good so far. Right? Probably recommend uh, anyone who has Game Pass, or even if you don't, you you know want to try something that uh, is uh, just sort of low key and the, the kind of thing that we don't uh, the, the kind of thing that's like uh, I describe it as uh, the kind of I don't want to say B grade in like a uh, in in a Necessary. Like I would describe it as something that like feels like 
it was maybe made with slightly less time and slightly less money than a lot of things you would get from a AAA dev that has like a bit more of its own uh, style and spirit to it. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else. I don't think any of us is buying for Spokum. Don't care. What's that? Don't care. Yeah, just one of those things where it's like I realized, wait, is that actually out, or did just all the reviews come out? No, no, it's, it's uh... out, and uh, probably got so so many refunds on Steam that I had a friend who bought it, bought one of the bigger packs, and he tried he tried returning it, and there was a delay in the return. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not a game. Like I've heard that that game becomes at least pretty good by the end, like, you know, it doesn't surprise me that it, like, based on the demos, I'm not surprised that it was getting, like, sixes and sevens, but I've heard that it, by the end it becomes pretty good, but it, like, if you're trying to determine whether you want to keep it in the two-hour Steam window, like, I'm not surprised that that's getting a lot of refunds. He actually played a little bit of it before he returned it, and of course, and uh, he, he he's a graphic, he's a artist okay you know artist yeah. 3d modeling you know whole nine yards artist okay mm -hmm. one of his comments about it was there were no character idle animations it's an hmm. odd choice well not even really a choice it's an odd omission yeah uh, but yeah like it's one of those things like i don't know uh what went on with that game but it definitely feels like uh, some some people lost a plot on that one. Jimarang says Nihonichi is celebrating their 30th anniversary Monday on Twitch at an ungodly time. Yeah, it's probably some something that makes more sense in Japan time. But yeah, so so for spoken was is made by the team. It's Lumina Studio. I know who exactly made it. Yeah, it's just one of those situations where it's like I'm sure that someone sort of lost the plot at some point. It definitely feels like a game that's maybe. Uh, made by people who did not have a competent direction to work in and maybe sort of let their understanding of what other games were doing sort of guide them, which can always be a dicey proposition. Yeah, I mean, when uh, you don't have a director and who knows how many people follow that director out the door. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there are two credit directors, but the thing I would say is that I don't think either of them appears to have a prior directorial like role. Like it was like the lead programmer on FF15 and someone else who was like high up in the the chain, but like not not design directors and not really like people that I would associate like that seemed to have a strong sense of control over what the project was going to be. Uh, for spoken, too expensive, too high specs. Modern lingo does not work because it changes every four months. That's, that's a little bit of it, but I think the I think the issue is less the modern lingo and more because uh, this is something. The reason I was thinking about for spoken is that uh, Hi-Fi Rush has a lot of very modernistic uh, dialogue as well. But I think the the issue with Forspoken in terms of how it's been marketed. I can't speak to how it plays out in full in the game, but certainly in the dialogue they've chosen to foreground in their marketing is the Forspoken, the, the 
sections they have chosen to show are very much foregrounded with this idea of like the characters comment on the thing happening with the implication of the thing that's happening is stupid. Like when they're showing marketing material that's like Prey is in front of this uh, like rhyming witch that's talking about like uh, you know what's going to be done to her and she just like complains that they're rhyming. It's like uh, okay, I it, it, it doesn't you have attempted to like make a joke out of something before I've even uh, decided not not to make a joke just out of something but at the expense of something before I've even decided whether I care and the implication of the joke is that I shouldn't uh, and so you end up with this this thing that's constantly undercutting uh, its own attempts at humor because the the thing that you put on screen was only there essentially long enough uh in this this advertisement context it was only there long enough for uh your protagonist to call it stupid so it didn't really there was no setup and payoff to that joke but also like completely undercuts the ability to get invested in the drama there's no implication that i should care um hi-fi rush is doing a lot of the same things where like there will be characters that point out like video game stuff but it's generally like your protagonist is a like weird formless idiot and so he just thinks it's cool and that enthusiasm is infectious it's like if you're into the game his enthusiasm for something uh that is silly in video game is fun it reminds you that like yeah this is just fun it's having fun the game is stupid it knows it's stupid it enjoys being stupid uh and i, I think that the attitude with which it's carried in is uh is very important i think that's that's more of a problem than uh the uh necessarily the concept of using modern lingo there's definitely some other issues with uh the first spoken dialogue uh just generally like it, even even aside from like undercutting the fiction there's also just the fact that like i don't know i don't really have I, I don't know how to describe the, the character who may think that the fantasy thing is stupid, but they're also being confronted with almost certain death, and the idea that they think that that's the time to start equipping, I, it's just not a vibe I gel with. But, yeah. I don't know. First of all, it looks like a game I'll pick up when it's like $20, which it's $70 now, but it also seems like it's probably kind of eating shit in terms of sales, so that it's very hard to tell how long that will take. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, um, no, this this was definitely one I was going to be like, I'm going to hold off until it's cheaper because it there didn't seem. Yeah, I, I, play, I played the demo. The demo was not very good. Oh, I didn't um, even I didn't even play the demo. I just looked at it and was like, mm, there's the something just didn't feel right about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it seems like it probably has parts of it that are probably good, but not the parts that I particularly care about. Um, see, is there any other news this week? Uh, huh? New was yesterday. Yes, I have it next to me. What was yesterday? 
New Neptunia. Oh. That's not news. <laughs> yes, it is. I just assume there's a Neptunia game coming out every week. That's what it feels like. Well, I mean... Okay, this, you're not totally right. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it is January. It's going to be kind of slow, slow times uh, for uh, game news, although we're seeing things start to... Uh, companies start to decide they need to explain what the hell they're... Uh, doing in 2023 that we should be caring about. So, I'd imagine within the next like six weeks, we'll have another Nintendo Direct to chew on at least. Um, yes, please. Need Zelda info. Need Zelda. Give Zelda now. Give... Honestly, Zelda probably gets its own Direct. Uh, doesn't probably. really need to highlight. Uh, it doesn't need to highlight. Uh, in fact, it strictly speaking, it probably overshadows anything else if yeah. they put it in a direct with anything else uh, and it already has a release date so they can't just drop a release date into a regular direct and yeah. call it a day <laughs> yeah so uh, I, I would suspect that if anything you get like a, a slightly remixed trailer and then like a date for another direct to yeah. sort of take the wraps off of whatever it's core new feature is but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll probably get like a proper direct. But uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. We finally hear of like tentative release date on Metroid Prime Four or something. Yes, please give. Though I would, I would imagine that's probably their like second half of the year big hitter. Yeah. But hey, Metroid Dread's already the best-selling Metroid game, so maybe the deservedly so. Maybe soon we'll have a new uh, best-selling Metroid game. But, uh, yeah, and Doomerang says Advanced Wars Collection. Yeah, I would hope that like, soon they'll have just decided to just rip the Band-Aid off and release that, even though the tragedy of them trying to... of them having to push it back because of the whole uh, concerns about PR, given the Ukraine uh, thing that... It would be nice for Advance Wars to just come out. Yeah. Uh, see. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all the new games. You've been playing anything, Tam? Um, I start up uh, Atelier Ryza. The first one. Nice, nice. I hear that. Yep, good. yep. First one. Um. I wasn't too far into it, um, and I think I've changed computers once since then, so yeah, it just made sense to start over. I wasn't too hmm. far in. Um, been playing some Final Fantasy XIV. I mean, I mean, I'm not uber hardcore raider, so it doesn't, you know. I'm, I'm sorry not, like, for the loss of your time. I've We've been through this wheel. So yes, just, okay. Right, I, you know what? I spend I spend less time in Final Fantasy fourteen than you play Destiny two. I mean, that's yeah, that's fair. It's also not uh, very hard. <laughs> no, because Final Fantasy fourteen is designed to have you not grind. Unless I mean, you want it's to. Also, 
I, I think so this is, is more Destiny, case, actually. Even if, even if Wheels doesn't want to grind, he's going to play Destiny. Yeah. He's Destiny uh, is actually very not super grindy unless you want to get a bunch of different things. Sometimes very Wheels does, but he also just likes shooting things. Yes. Uh, oh, and before the before the jacket's buried, uh, Doom Ring says Legend, Pokemon Legends 2, and it's like, I would love that, but also I think we probably need at least another year before that's going to yeah. happen. Uh, I, I think I something well, I, about uh, Pokemon Legends 2 recently. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in development. We're not getting it this year. That would be insane. Uh, I feel like uh, if we hear about any Pokemon at a direct, I would suspect it's the Scarlet and Violet DLC plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, I mean, we'll have to. They'll have to release something in November. Next. Yeah, week. they'll remake. Yeah, I would, I would suspect next remake before I suspected Legends 2. Uh, um, honestly, we might just see that the DLC hits its uh, hits a uh, it's a core part of the release plan in November, and that's kind of the uh, excuse to soft relaunch uh, Scarlet and Violet as like here's the complete edition or whatever. Uh, which buys them some time to... Uh... And then I've been uh, playing like, three different gacha games. No, bad. Stuff. That, that I truly want to know as little bad as possible, because I can't handle gacha, but I hope you're having fun. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy them. Two of them have really good story. One of them just has beautiful art. Good enough. Are you playing Genshin That's Impact? A... No. Okay, good. No, but, uh... I, I, I've been playing Nikkei... Goddess of Victory, I've been playing Memento Mori, and I've been playing Neural Cloud. I was guessing Nikkei was going to be one of those. Um, Nikkei's story is fucked up. I'll take your word. Uh, but yeah. Uh, let's see, but yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Like, this is just... As I'm just thinking about, like... Uh, things coming out. I'm trying to think of, like, I feel like this is going to be a pretty uh, low-key sort of year for games. Maybe I'm just not thinking of much. Like, Microsoft's, like, back half of 2023 uh, big bet seems to be on Starfall, or whatever. I forget what that's called. Uh, Starbound. Starfield. Starfield, that's what it was. Star I, my brain was conflating Starfield and Redfall into one video game. <laughs> I thought you were mixing up uh, Star Starfield and Daggerfall because it's the same company. I'm not quite enough of an Elder Scrolls nerd to just randomly conflate things with, with Daggerfall. I do know someone who would do that. But, uh, okay. but yeah. Um, but yeah, Star Starfield and... Uh, Starfield is probably their seems to be their big bet for second half of 2023. Yeah, didn't they? Re didn't aren't they making it now an exclusive to Windows? Oh, it's Xbox and Windows. Xbox and Windows. Yeah, no PlayStation. Yeah, which I mean, that was, that's kind of the point of buying Bethesda was to have yeah. a greater source of things that come out on Xbox. But, uh, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was the that was the other thing that I suppose it's it's news in kind of a depressing sense that there's a this giant round of layoffs at basically every major tech company and Microsoft was not excluded. Yeah, I don't like companies doing this. 
the trooper brush. It's, um, it's some bullshit, is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, three four three appears to have been hit. Uh, yeah, that's it's not surprising. Fortunately. Yeah, Halo Infinite is in kind of a hole. Uh, like the single player and co-op campaigns are good, the micro- the, but the multiplayer that was supposed to be like a a pillar of their uh, strategy going forward has uh, kind of face planted, so it wasn't surprising. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about what they'll be doing, including one that 343 is going to become more of a sort of managing, managing company that uh, sort of coordinates Halo projects that are primarily developed ex- uh, externally. Uh, Microsoft immediately issued a statement denying that, but I mean, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it, it sucks. Uh, it's it's terrifying to think of just how large a company can be when a layoff, a round of layoffs that's ten thousand employees affects approximately five percent of their workforce. Yeah, like that is uh, that's nightmarish. Um, well, it's it's just annoying to me because it's not. You think of a layoffs when a company's like not making money, and. Microsoft mm-hmm. is very much making money. It's just yeah, not as much as they wanted to. It's not as much as they wanted to. They're not going to uh, reduce executive compensation. They're yeah. not going to stop doing things like stock buybacks, which a bunch of these tech companies also did last year. Like you, can, you can blow just money hand over fist buying back stocks to increase the value of the existing stocks for shareholders and give them payday and then uh, immediately turn around and cut 10,000 jobs. Gross. It's, it sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lay it all on the feet of Microsoft, but they're certainly not helping. Yeah. I mean, they, this happened to everything because uh, it turns out that uh, one of the key things that affects uh, whether a market is about to experience a downturn is whether the people who are uh, gambling on that market are currently expecting it to experience a downturn. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, most of the stock market is people gambling on smoke. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to let that pass uncommented upon because it sucks. Um, yeah. Right, so something else in the chat. I quit Genshin Impact almost a year ago. I got more withdrawal for it than F14. Yeah, I don't. This is part of the reason that I don't like playing games that try to make them part of your schedule. I don't want to feel like I have a compulsion to a game in any context. So, uh, let's see. I need to. There's, there's no new comment questions. Let me check the. Uh, Discord. Yeah, 292 is ready to be posted. I'm just waiting for the proof. It does not look like any of the questions in that. uh, Or anything that's happened in the podcast section is related to uh, what we're working on. There's no question for us in the Discord right now. Okay. That's me responding to the 50 steps. Hmm. I just pull out 
The big list. Big ol' list. Um, Our good friend Fireminer. Yep, dear friend Fireminer. What games do you use mods for the most? Uh, for me, it is Stardew Valley and surprisingly not Skyrim. Uh, I don't play a lot of PC games with an active modding scene. So it's mostly older stuff when I go back yeah. and play it. It's just like, oh, like the, the most, the, the one thing that I basically never play unmodded at this stage would actually just be KOTOR 2 when I go back to replay that. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I'm not I'm not much of a modding sort of person. Uh, when I was when I was briefly playing Dragon Age One on the PC, I was going to use the Skip the Fade mod, but since I could not get on with the interface on that, I did not get to use that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to uh, go all the way back to Marathon Infinity for like games I played the most mods with. Does it count as mods when it's just an endless supply of user-generated campaigns? No, it's not. Well, just there, there were like full conversions. Like there was one cool like time traveling thing, and uh, just all kinds of weird total conversions of that. When is Wheels going cool. to stream Alf One? I'm I'm up for that anytime, man. Can do co-op marathon. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Doom just asked is how big of an outrage do you think of Switch successor is not backwards compatible? I don't think Nintendo is quite stupid enough to try that, but I mean it would be a very, very, very bad decision. Not even in terms of outrage, it's just it gives a lot of people a lot of reason to not bother. Yeah, that would be a mess mistake. When, yeah, I mean, oh, part, I... part of the reason I got a PlayStation 5 as early as I did was because it was backwards compatible to the PS4 uh, was because my it's... PS4 at the time was, had a hardware uh, hard drive failure due to my son unplugging it to turn it off. Yeah, like the, the way I would describe it is that the, the more, uh, the stronger your market position in one generation, the more that you are, that it is necessary to have some kind of backwards compatibility in the next one. Uh, it, most, most specifically, like, uh, for example, when, when you look at the, uh, the PS4, uh, the PS4 and Xbox One to the uh, PS3 and 360, uh, in terms of absolute number of sales, the two were not far apart. Uh, the in terms of the the Xbox 360 and the PS3, in terms of absolute sales, those two are not far apart. But because of the market position that Microsoft was in, uh, where they had built up a lot of consumer investment over the course of the 360, the fact that the uh, that the Xbox One could not play 360 games made it much easier for people to just jump over to PS4. They no longer had anything tying them back to the prior uh, system. Uh, Hello. 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 Uh, just to add to this, I distinctly recall commenting a couple times about how it was nearly impossible to find anything for the PlayStation 5 that was not either already at the same time on the PlayStation 4 or didn't suck. So I think just being backwards compatible live for the first year, at least. 
yeah it, it's one of those things like uh but but you know a, a switch successor that does not have switch compatibility in any fashion would just be complete death um like i'm sure that they could probably sell plenty of them but they would not sell they like people would be a great deal more gun shy about it yeah It'd probably be their worst decision on hardware since the, uh, probably since the 3D um, goggle thing, virtual boy. Ooh. I, I would argue that their worst decision on hardware in that generation was definitely their, speaking of backwards compatibility, their decision to pursue hardware backwards compatibility for the Wii, which had uh, catastrophic effects on how the Wii U had to be created and constructed. There's, but there's that's... That yeah, that, that's that's more of a like behind the scenes thing where, uh, and, and this, <laughs> like people people associate Nintendo with like oh they they don't try to pursue backwards compatibility but they're the only company I can think of that has had multiple systems crippled by their dis their uh, desperate attempts to make backwards compatibility happen. Uh, yeah, I I remember being disappointed that my DS couldn't work with Game Boy Color games, but I also understood why because of you know just the physical aspects of the issue. Yeah, um, uh, I remember Game Boy Advance being okay. We've start we start this thing with a library of over a thousand games. Just yeah, you can still play all your Pokemon. So that's what matters to you at this stage. It's two thousand one. <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, my, my uh, wh what I would say here is the uh, going is because like you have the the Wii U, which is a system crippled by its desire to have hardware backwards compatibility with the uh, with the Wii, but also uh, you know decades and decades down the line, people sort of continue to like just scratch their heads at the weird CPU that the Super Nintendo has. That's you know quite slow and uh, you know, not it, for the time. It was not a great CPU. Uh, the Super Nintendo had tons. Of, uh, it it wasn't even that it was particularly affordable. It was a CPU that was chosen because early on they were hoping that they would be able to make the system able to play NES games. Like that was the intention, and they like ultimately it was determined that there was essentially no way to do that without completely crippling every aspect of the system but this they were too far into the hardware planning the cpu just sort of had to stay locked down uh like other things in the system shifted around it but which is also why so many of the later cartridges had very specialized chipsets yeah th there were other things that also make uh later cartridges just generally better they're Early on, you had you had two options for what kind of ROM to put in the uh, in a Super Famicom cartridge. You had slow, what are colloquially just called slow ROM and fast ROM. Fast ROM was more expensive, so a lot of companies opted to use slow ROM, and that made the system's processor look worse than it was. But the the point is that like they 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 were so intent on pursuing some kind of backwards compatibility that they you know that they absolutely harmed the current system and have shown themselves but like repeatedly to have this issue of like they do care about backwards compatibility they kind of care about it too much sometimes because it in, in some cases you do just have to let that go mm -hmm. but 
Like that's that would be my argument for why I would assume that the Switch successor, which, you know, there are successor chips that will just sort of natively run the same instruction set. There's no reason for them not to uh, have uh, backwards compatibility. The most difference, like the gutsiest move I could see them pulling, uh, and I don't think this would be a great idea, but the the most uh, disarming move I could see them pulling for this would be if they just made it so that the cartridges weren't backwards compatibility, which would fuck me over, but... Uh, in general, I think that for a lot of Switch owners, this would affect them basically nil. A lot of people just download their games. <laughs> I'm just like, is there, would there actually be a reason for the cartridge to not be at least physically compatible with the slot? Uh, the most you could say would be that they would want to change the physical design of the next cartridge in the same way that they changed the 3DS's physical cartridge design, yeah. just to make sure that you can't insert them, but that would be more a case of you would change yeah. the physical design of the next cartridge rather than yeah. making it that's, so the slot couldn't accommodate both. That, that's what I was just thinking of is like, yeah, the 3DS had a different format just so that you couldn't accidentally stick it into a DS cart, um, DS because the cartridges were otherwise identical in mm -hmm. dimensions. Yeah, unless and, there's some and, sort of like un difference. Okay. I was going to say, and unlike the Famicom and Super Famicom where the internal um, design required them to be different shapes <laughs> yeah i i would suspect that uh unless there's for some reason a different uh i i don't foresee this being the case but like unless there's some reason that the uh that the rom cartridges have to be just formatted differently it's it's unlikely they're they, they're basically just like weird they're, they're all shaped like weird sd cards now yeah so uh, yeah, so, I, mean, I, I, there's no, I mean, unless they decide to have a completely and like total bizarro world change of hardware specs, it would yeah. probably probably would not be that much of an issue to have a Switch to play Switch One games. No. Yeah, there's there's already a lot of implications about what hardware they're customizing for the Switch Two or whatever it ends up being called. So, new Switch. Uh, Super Switch. I'd, I'd go for Super Switch. Yeah, that'd be hopefully, cool. Hopefully they will not. Uh, hopefully they will learn from their errors in marketing for the Wii U on that matter. <laughs> and the new 3DS. At two. Something oh. different enough that you realize it's different. Switch color. Yeah, the new th the new 3DS was such a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Switch advance. It didn't ultimately matter because they didn't care that much about the new 3DS. But yeah. It's like, how many games were actually specifically for that? There's, uh, there's like five that are like only work on it, and then there's another dozen that like only work well on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know what? If we're gonna name the the new Switch something, I I vote for the Swap. <laughs> wow. Call it the Swatch and get in get in trouble yeah. with a Swiss watchmaker. <laughs> yeah, just the Swap. Yeah. <laughs> see um okay let's hit some more of these questions from the fire miner uh speaking of skyrim is it just me or does it feel like its ui has lost some of the charm of oblivion's ui i, I have no love for any elder scrolls ui so the answer is it, I, I can't say <laughs> just understand that you should try to make menus look 
clean and accessible, but I also prefer developers to make the UI look appropriate to the setting and not too clean like Skyrim or Symphony of the Night. GBA and DS games are marginally better in that aspect. Uh, I'll I'll stick up for Symphony of the Night in this aspect, not because I think that it has a better menu, but because uh, it wasn't supposed to have that menu. Uh, the menu of Symphony of the Night is avowedly, oh, this was supposed to be a placeholder while we made the real menu, and then we never had time to make the real menu. <laughs> uh, you get but... some of the most interesting things out of placeholders sometimes. That's how we got Kirby. It's true, it's true. Uh, what I was going to say about this, though, was I do, while I have no love for essentially any Elder Scrolls games UI, I think they are all awful. Um, I do I do care about, like, having UIs that fit uh, the internal uh, the internal, like, look of the game. And that's why when... Five. Persona 5, yeah. Uh, that, uh, I was actually thinking about that because I was <laughs> noticing while watching a uh, friend of the show, Smoke and Joe Gamer, streaming on his Twitch uh, channel, Persona 3 Portable, and seeing that the save screen is still just the PSP save UI. And remembering when I first saw that, oh, that sucks. Uh, I hate how much for, like, for, for the most part, this has actually kind of gone away just because most games just auto-save, so the few games that have their own, that, that require you to save manually tend to have their own save screens. But uh, in the PSP, PS3, and uh, early PS4 eras, so many of the save UIs were just the OS-level save, uh, save UI, and it looks like shit and takes you out of the game every single time, and I hate it. I Okay, one thing I don't like is a lot of modern games are using the same kind of thing for the name inputs. Yeah, even, they'll just use the, the OS 5. level. Yeah. Even Persona 5 uses that for the character's name. He, they don't use it for the name of the team. Yeah. And this, the... is because, this is important because my Switch only allows inputs. I actually, I've not figured out how to make it do inputs in Japanese. So it has <laughs> to do it in, in the alphabet. However, like pretty much every Mega Ten game out there, the there's a character limit for names, and it's three mm. characters for the last name and three characters for the first name. Oh which no! Is normally enough when you're converting to kanji. Yeah. Because it's when very you're... rare to find it's very rare to find any names in Japanese that are longer than those in that in kanji. But for that reason, um, my hero's name in Persona Five is Red Abe. <laughs> Just because Abe, because it's the shortest name I could get to look right in Romaji in Japanese, mm. and Red just because, hey, the game. It's an extremely <laughs> Red video game. And this actually came out in, um, just occasionally having a character um, call him Red worked really well in some of those scenes, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly. Yeah. But, this, yeah. Is all in, this is all in ABCs. Because, again, I could not get it to work in anything else. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I really hate whenever I see, like, system OS level, uh, mm -hmm. like, UI elements invade, like, the game's own, like, environment. It, it, looks, it looks awful every time. And I'm, like, I'm slightly more forgiving on name entry just because... 
Like that's an aspect of interface that just never shows up again after it usually usually just never shows up again. If you're going to be naming a lot of things, uh, I would I would argue you you really should have like a, a game level uh, UI for it, just so that it doesn't constantly drag you into the system OS level. But uh, you know, for for saving, especially in something like Persona Three, just every few minutes it's just like here's the system os god damn it i hate how this looks <laughs> and that was so many rpgs on the psp it's like oh yeah yeah that's that's the system's os level save ui that sure looks bad <sighs> but yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah gaijin were you able to finish uh royal i well, I mean, due to the way I'm playing, it's just taking me forever to get through the post-final boss, post-final, final, final boss section. Yeah, so you're just like in the epilogue, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm basically saying bye bye to my landlord right now. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sojiro. Yeah. So who sort of looks like Daisuke Jigen gone to see. <laughs> yes, I. That was my first impression, especially when I saw him in the hat. It's like. Yeah, okay. you put him in the hat with that beard, it's like, you're not doing this by accident, especially when your protagonist's fucking persona is Arsene. Yep. Also, was it just me, or was the final form of the final, final, final boss a, d just slightly reminiscent of a god soldier from Nausicaa? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, like, very reminiscent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I always like, that's one of the things I actually really like about uh, Persona games relative to a lot of RPGs is uh, because they have those epilogue sections, they have a much greater, uh, like, a much stronger sense of falling action than uh, most, most RPGs, and for something that's that long, you really do need that period where it's like, okay, it's time to say goodbye to the story you just had. Yeah, looking it up again, yes. Yes, the final boss was an unholy amalgamation of a god warrior and uh, something from Evangelion. As you do. I mean, that's, oh, the oh, only, yeah. that's the only decent way of describing what this thing looks like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you're, uh, like, that no, you're near the end of your journey. I'm just enjoying <laughs> the fact that Sojiro is just calm, calmly accepting that yeah, the cat is actually saying something, even though he has no idea what. And then I, I do, I do love like, the. What? And is and then then Futaba says, "Yeah, he called you an idiot." And he's like, "Stupid cat, what are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. uh, it's yeah. it's very cute. I also like uh, Morgana's cat portrait. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that reminds me. Hmm. Uh, that uh, 3 and 4 coming out seems to have brought all the Persona 3 is best people back out of the woodworks. I mean, they, they do that every time. There's an excuse to discuss, but I, yeah. I'll never understand them. It's fine. Okay. We can move on. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, oh. Uh, I, like, so... I like 4 best. That's acceptable. You do you. That's acceptable. <laughs> I, I'll take... I'll... Tam, I am much more understanding of that over anyone saying three. Yeah. Now, I will say, I enjoy five. I just think 
five is very long in the tooth. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, totally fine with that as long as it's good, which it is. Did you see yeah, yeah, five is good, it's just very long day? in the tooth. It's fair. Did you, see, did you see Budai's comment on that the other day? No, I didn't watch that. In, in general on Discord. Persona 5 is like a fine steak, but then you're forced to eat five of them in one sitting. I'm fine with eating five steaks, so it turns out. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, was, Until you vomit. I'm probably, just gonna write, I'm probably gonna write like an opinion piece on this, basically saying that... Oh, oh that guy showed up. Um, basically <laughs> saying that... Um, yeah, it's taken me two and a half months and about 114 hours, but you know what? I did it in small, bite-sized chunks. So Yeah, you can't. You don't have to doing, play these things in a week like I yeah, chewing 37 <laughs> times before each swallow, and we're good to go. Mm. Uh, just to hit a few more of these questions. Well, uh, we, we have a new one from Doomerang in, in the, in the yeah, chat here. Uh, if an anime is a direct tie-in to a game, i.e. Blue Reflection, do you feel compelled to watch it before playing it? Nope. No. Uh, now, I often don't even bother watching afterwards. <laughs> yeah, de depend depends on the game and the anime. Um, perfect yeah. example: Fairy Tale. Fairy Tale put you right smack dab in the middle of this series, and it leaves out like the first arc or t first like one or two arcs. Drops you it right in. You know who the characters are. <laughs> yeah, if not, it tells you who all the characters are, and then it drops off right before the final arc just because I don't think the final arc was quite finished when they actually released the game. Probably not. I'm, I'm trying to think about some of the uh, some of the actual tie-in games I've played. Some mm -hmm. of them had no connection to the actual game, um, to the actual show. Yep. <laughs> um, one of them, um, the Kuroke game I played, was basically a complete season of the anime that never turned. That was never actually animated. So it was that it treated itself like a, a lost season of the show. Mm -hmm. So it it did help if you knew who these characters were to begin with, but they kind of it wasn't like retreading. Playing. It wasn't retreading anything, and it wasn't really yeah. uh, built on you caring about what had happened in a previous season. Yeah. <laughs> and so. then the the Kuroro, oh, the Sergeant Frog RPG similarly it treated itself like one of the like your average anime movie <laughs> where yeah you're kind of expected to know who these characters are but at the same time you don't really need to because again it's a it's a separated story still and also it's Canada which means that it's 70% Gundam uh, gunplay ads yeah. by volume anyway <laughs> still one yeah of the... I mean that was actually one of the major equipment items for a game that was largely set in a fake Dragon Quest style world of um, course yeah um, and then what else um, one of the Full Metal Alchemist games for Game Boy Advance mm -hmm. which was made obviously made before the end of the second season of the anime I think Oh. <laughs> so again it was it had it contains several plot beats from the first season and a half of the show, and then oh. went off in a different direction. Had a, then went off into like a uh, side a Gaiden style exit, and kind of implied that um, that King Bradley or whatever his name was was something was sketchy. Good old Fuhrer King Bradley. Yeah. yeah, if if I if I may add in on the Full Metal Alchemist bit. Um, 
the first theory, because here's the key thing. There's two different series of Full Metal Alchemist. The first series goes off on its own path because it was created before the creator had even got, like, finished yeah. it. So Yeah, that's not uncommon. Um, Helsing no, no. had the same issue. Trigon did the same thing. A completely different major antagonist arc because they couldn't, I mean, they were running out of material before the uh, mangaka could finish. Um, what was we else going to say about a minute ago? Magic Knight Ray Earth, I was going to say, oh, yeah. is still one of the best anime adaptations I've ever played because I didn't even realize that that's what it yeah, was, it was when I was playing it. Show. Yeah, I mean, it just does such it, a well it did help that, job. It did help that the show itself was so RPG in style that the characters actually commented on it in character, in canon. Oh, that's yeah, cool. the first, the first season of Ray Earth. The first season of Ray Earth was very easy for them to expand into, like, even though it's only, it's based off three volumes of manga, which is not really enough to make 20 episodes out of, except for the fact that the section that it's based off of is... Uh, basically just them going from RPG town to RPG town and resolving RPG quest after RPG quest. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, the, so, the, the towns uh, are basically all add-ins because the manga does not have any towns. It, it, was, it was very easy to, to do that. And then they had much more trouble trying to expand the latter three volumes into an additional 20 episodes because uh, there was not actually space to insert new stuff. Yeah, there was actual plot getting in the way. Uh, it's, it's one of those situations where uh, the anime is way too long and the manga is probably way too short, honestly. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just happens in the second half. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's then, unfortunate. And then something like, remember Dragon Ball Z, they had to drag Toriyama back into writing stuff because he really wanted to end it with the Frieza saga. He wanted to and end so it for that... a very long time. And so while they were trying to get him to actually make more of the manga, they had to create the Garlic Jr. saga for the anime just to fill in. It's never as, it's never as like, tragic comic as uh, the when they were actually animating the Frieza fight, which that, when, when, they, when they decided to release that on DVD in the U.S., they had to split it into season because that was, you know, that was how you were going to sell it. And... The Frieza fight is a season, and it's like 30 episodes. Jesus. Because yeah. there was just nothing. Like, it was just one of those situations where it's like, the, the, by, by the time they were so close to where the manga was that it was impossible to just insert filler because, like, we're in the middle of a fight. But the manga is like three chapters ahead of us at best. Mm hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunately paced object. But, yeah. Yeah. Per personally, I don't. Uh, if I'm compelled to play a game based off an existing property without already being a fan of the property, then evidently something about the game compelled me enough to play it without bothering to see the source material. So maybe if I end up liking the game, I'll go back and watch the source material, but I don't feel it's, it's a prerequisite if the game is what attracted me to the material. Yep. Uh, I think, um, what else did I play that was connected to an anime? Um, bu 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 where the anime came first. Um, uh, 
there was an anime there was an anime movie called Haruka and the Magic Mirror or something like that. Mm -hmm. Island of the Abandoned. And the DS game came out at almost the same time except the has nothing to do with the movie <laughs> except, except possibly involving the son of the main character in the movie who was in high school at the time so it was set in the future i guess who can say um, yeah what else um what else Lotus Wharf. yeah huh lodos um, lodos war uh never played lodos war i have played one of the sword world games but that <laughs> But that was set on a different continent than Lodos. Uh, well, th th there's also multiple animes in the Sword World. Series. I know, and this one wasn't. This game wasn't related to any of them. It was part of the Sword World too, so it was on a different continent, um, under a reboot. Um, so, let's so see. canonically in the same world as Lodos War, but on the opposite side of the planet. There's it's fine. Lodos War is pretty boring. Yeah, there's the various Ghosts in the Shell games. The first one was just completely unrelated, where you just played as... Oh, you're thinking of the PS1 game made yeah, by the, the PS1. Flash developer? Yeah, the, the, yeah. where you're, it's basically a tank, a tank shooter. Although I do say the training match still has... Flash. Yeah, well, honestly, the... Um, but I love one of the training levels, because if you get damaged, it's like... Yeah, hooray! We're here! We made it through! We're covered in bruises! Like, what the heck did you do? That's a good game, actually. Um... I, got, but, yeah. I got to the last level, and unfortunately, the last level is a very dark level with a lot of dark platforming that you're doing at night, and I couldn't see what the hell I was doing. Well, that's not good. No. But yeah, that's that's not based off of any particular interpretation of Ghost in the Shell. It's just sort of based off of Ghost in the Shell as a concept. Yeah. Uh, um, and honestly, it would be closer to his other work, which is Dominion Tank Police. A little. But that's got its own. Which I think is the same. I, I honestly think Ghost in the Shell is in the future of Dominion Tank Police, considering the end of uh, one of the anime series for Dominion Tank Police. But that's my own hypothesizing. Uh, that's a fanon thing. Ed Cannon. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. There is the Ghost in the Shell uh, standalone complex game. I think I do own. Yeah, that. but that game sucks fucking ass. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't suck ass. <laughs> that game. That game mapped jump to the L1 button. Someone should have been like, just taken aside and just asked who had hurt them. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I mean, it's KVS, so they, they generally made things that were not fun to play. Um, yeah. Oh, them. There's yeah, a, them. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of anime games that, like, if I sat down and really thought about it, I would come up with a list. Um, we, I mean, there's a bunch of new ones, too. I mean, there's all the JoJo Bizarre Adventure fighting games, all the Naruto fighting games. I mean, JoJo JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, Heritage for the Future is probably one of the one of the strongest examples of this having been uh, the case for a large portion of people, just because uh, it's based off of Stardust Crusaders, which at the time was called Heritage for the Future, but uh, it 
like it was released in the US at a time when the only available JoJo media was the 90s OVA that very few people actually bothered watching. So it was just the the strength of Capcom's game design and the original uh, character design and art uh, artistic elements that drew people to that game and made it a cult classic, even though the source material was largely unavailable in the U.S. Examples like shame. Made in the Abyss. Made in the Abyss? What? Yeah, Made in the Abyss. It's about... Okay, okay, the cutest little game that you are never, ever going to play in front of small children. Yep. No, I, was, I, I just, I've only ever heard of it as just being called Made in Abyss, not Made in the Abyss. I think it is actually Made in Abyss, because it's Japanese. Uh, mm -hmm. Possibly. I, I always throw the uh, the in only because of the... Because that's my headcanon. But yeah, the the official... Uh, yeah, it's just what it's uh, officially uh, called. That's yeah, Japanese Japanese titles tend to skip the the either that or they over our, our articles them. tend to end up going going weird places. Yeah, that's what happens but, when you start with a language that doesn't have them. Yeah, pretty um, much. I but made in the made in the abyss probably doesn't need much anime to interpret what's going on because I saw I saw like the first five minutes of that game and it pretty much tells you what you're doing and there's there's no misinterpretation you'll know what you're doing there's a lot of weird lore in that anime at the same time the the goal of the characters in the anime is fairly straightforward you just go yeah it's definitely like you go in the abyss let's all go in the abyss and die yeah i mean there's obviously tons more nuances but the basic concept is easily translatable Oh, what is it? Blue Pro? Is it Blue? I, I have the first game. One moment. Oh, it is Blue. Yeah, so with Blue Reflection, because this is the one actually per pertinent to the discussion or for the question, um, the anime is or the anime has no really connection for the first game. Mm hmm. But it has a lot of connection to the second game. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Okay, let's, uh, let's hit a couple more questions. And so now, however long I've been on here, I have finally just gotten through the end sequence of Persona 5. Congratulations. Congratulations. Full credits and the little scene at the end. On your new mm. arrival. I'm curious how or if they intend to pick up on that, because that uh, I should point out, the ending to Royal is very different than the ending to the vanilla game, which is what Strikers uh, builds off of. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a scene with him riding off on the train and looking No, himself. they go off on a road trip, and that's where Strikers picks up. Ah, so it's very, very different, and I'm curious what, if anything, they intend to do with the change that they've made there. That's a... I mean, it's very different. It's, I mean, this is a series that tends to redo itself every time. Yeah, it's just... You, you didn't... I, I, was having, I was having thoughts of how they could actually change up the standard model for the series. Interesting. We'll have to yeah. hit that one 
We'll have to hit that next week when we're talking about this. Thankfully, I uh, my school has a school marathon next week, either Thursday or Friday, depending on the weather. I will let you know in advance if it gets rained out on Thursday. Uh, gotcha. I should be available Thursday. Hooray! So, yeah, so just make, make a note. I have things to say about potentially where the series could go. Gotcha. In literal, in the most literal fashion in a few cases. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Almost certainly none of these will actually ever be implemented, but hey, it's fun to imagine. It's fun to think. Uh, yeah. Let's um, hit these real quick. Uh, so we've got a bit more of the questions covered. Uh, also, uh, heavy, heavy No More is commenting that you fixed your border cam there, Wheels. Oh, yes, that <laughs> happened a while ago. You must not have been around in a while, Heavy. Yes, my uh, okay. sister yelled at me enough till I finally fixed it. That's the only way that things get done around these parts. Um, That's true. Is it just me, or does it feel like arcade sports games are a neglected market with more potential than people think? I know many people who aren't that into sports but enjoy NBA Street and NFL Blitz a lot. Yeah, I think that, like, the... Uh, the you know... Uh, Every time there's a new Mario sports game, people who don't play that sport are ready to play it. And if you just have the right presentation or marketing, I think you can absolutely sell sports games to people who don't care about the real, quote-unquote, real sport by just making it clear that they don't have to understand the ins and outs. They just need to understand the parts of it that are viscerally exciting in the way that NBA Street or Mario Super Sluggers or uh, yeah, or Inazuma Eleven, like any of those. Like you don't have to understand. You just have to understand the parts that are viscerally exciting. You don't need to understand the complicated mechanics of how the sport is played. Uh, and I think that there's not a lot of options for that. Uh, the they get a lot of pickup, and that's a bit of a shame because I I freaking love arcade sports games. They're great. Uh -huh. Um, the Mario baseball games are still some, probably my favorite baseball games, and they just don't make them enough. It's been I called out Mario Sluggers for you, Wheels. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen uh, like Mario Sluggers, I would have expected to come to get to come back on the Switch just by virtue of the fact that uh, you know, Baseball is popular in Japan and America, and Mario sports games tend to sell well. <laughs> yeah, there is there is some arcadey baseball game on Switch. I forget the name of it. Hmm. Uh, that I've been meaning to get around to, but just to see if it's any good. Yeah, well, supposedly it's very good. It's got character creators and stuff like that. So you can make your own hideous Mario. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've heard good things. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to it. I mean, he he could make you, David. Don't do that. It's it's bad for us all. Um, I had a friend once make me in one of the world in one of the wrestling games. Nice. Those yeah, are those I, are always interesting homunculi. I had a lot of stamina, so I could last the fight, but I couldn't take anyone down. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I will not. Uh, I, I will not make the reference I was going to make. Uh, but uh, we'll real hit uh, quick hit some more since they're related questions. 
Uh, can you talk more about games that are better but less popular uh, because they came out later? I've always thought that the NBA Hang Time deserved to be more popular than NBA Jam. And I've never played NBA Hang Time. That's basically what you're getting at. It's just like games that, you know, followed on from something that was immensely popular and influential, but their sequels were less distributed or less popular just because people, the novelty of the original had worn off, so people never got around to, oh, this is actually better, it just didn't get played as much. I'm trying to think of any, like, this is not super common for RPGs, as far as I can tell, because RPG fans are nerds. Mm-hmm. Nerd! Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Hang Time was uh, midway released in 1996. Yeah, no, it, yeah, Hang Time is just like, it's essentially NBA Jam 2, uh, just with a different name, but, uh, you know, it just, it never had as much distribution. Arcades were even more dead by the time Hang Time was coming out. It didn't have as many console ports as NBA Jam did, so. Actually, it, it had just, a lot. Um, it had a lot, but it didn't have as many. I, I really need to emphasize how many versions of NBA Jam there are. A lot. Uh, not, not to mention things like NBA Jam Tournament Edition. But, uh, yeah. Uh, trying to think of any uh, situations where this has really befallen uh, an RPG bearing in mind that I am in a very unique uh, situation. Like, we're all in this very unique situation of being uh, lifetime, lifelong turbo nerds. So, uh, I think the closest thing you could come up with is the, uh, you know, and this, this is still cheating because all these are, of course, uh, genre-definingly popular, but... Uh, you know, Pokemon is still, like, to to a certain uh, generation will forever be living in the shadow of Red, Blue, Yellow, uh, Gold, Silver, Crystal. And I love those games, but, like, most of the games after them are better constructed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, a bit of a, that's a bit of a cheat, since, again, all of them are genre-definingly popular. Uh... No, I, th- I get anyway. that, though. I mean, it's the reason we were cursed with Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Instead Those of... games are fine. They're fine. But <laughs> if they had done, like, literally any other game in the series in that style, I think it would have been a million times better. I'll take your word. But, uh... Can we, can we think of anything else that's like this in the RPG space? RPGs tend to... I mean, mostly things that were like some of the late DS games that never came to America. Ah. Some of the early 3DS games that never came to America either. Don't do this to me again. I can't. I'm still. I'm still hurting. I'm not. I am not going to name any names this time because I do not wish to inflict that level of psychological pain on you. Okay, then I didn't just mention Beyond the Labyrinth. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Um... I was not going to mention it. (laughs) But what was I going to say? Something about it? Uh... But yeah, I feel like, especially with RPGs, there there are more just sort of middle child games that are just like the 
uh, well liked enough, but not as popular as the games around them uh, for for whatever reason. But that leads into just like my personal access to grind about what games are good. So uh, we don't need my thirteen hundredth diatribe about how Persona Two is better than Persona Three. I'll take another one. Um, we we cannot. We will not. Um, but why not? Because I've done it too much already. Um, or like in in the same vein, my diatribe that uh, East Five is better than the internet's general consensus on it. Take your word on but that one. It's good. You should play it someday. I will. I know you will. I mean, I have. I just haven't played it. To Finished any, it. Played it to any like significant extent. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Uh... Uh, uh, okay, I'm very tired. So let's uh, let's uh, one or two more questions, real quick. Like, uh, how integrated should cosmetic DLC be to the experience of games? I've heard people saying that the Worthiness of in-game clothing depends on A, the context, and B, the events, more explicitly the memories the events left players with. Unless we're talking about DOA, not many people want to buy a bunch of out-of-nowhere cosmetic items. An idea of seeing floating around is that giving the characters new clothes temporarily in-game, if you want them permanently, you'll have to fork out the cash. I am so far outside my wheelhouse on this. Wheels, you got anything? Um, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> Uh, my, my response would be, uh, unless you, I, I will not terribly complain about cosmetic DLC unless you deliberately give me a shitty costume and then tell me yeah. I have to pay to get rid of it. No, I feel <laughs> like some of that stupid DLC is uh, letting some niche RPGs do better than they would otherwise. So I say, carry on if that's keep the case. on rolling. Yeah, like as long as it's optional. If it's just like cosmetics, whatever. I don't care. Just do what you got to do. I, I, have, I have no strong opinions on like my my experience is no. Is my experience has not become incomplete just because I didn't get all the silly costumes yeah. included with the game for free. <laughs> uh, and then I'll hit one relatively quickly that I have. Uh, uh, that I have strong opinions on. Let's just say that you cut away the big plot twist of Star Ocean 3 and everything after it, then play out the story the same way 1 and 2 did. How well would the game be seen retroactively in that case? Uh, it would be less radioactive to the other games around it, but the mechanics would still suck ass. So. And <laughs> I stopped playing it because I read spoilers for that thing, but I was pretty bored beforehand and didn't yeah, get it. My... Like, I bought that right. game not having played the original games, just on the reputation of the first two games, and I was profoundly disappointed. Yeah. Like, even if you take out, like, because as is often the case, the thing, the big bad thing that people don't like in something usually doesn't just appear in it out of a vacuum. It's the consequence of the kind of choices that you made about the project. And... Star Ocean 3 is often making uh, is a game I would describe as being defined by daring choices that do not work 
and it was a 2.5 game okay yeah kind of uh and so star ocean what's that i went up and looked at the review because <laughs> the... apparently review. yeah apparently it's a very infamous review for the site <laughs> yeah it's the one that started the flame war with game facts for a while good times but, prior uh, to the game's actual release of course but uh, a lot of the people playing our site were not happy and had not actually played the game of course what's funny is is i actually played the japanese release of the game and i knew it was going to be an iffy game because i kept falling asleep playing it Oof. yeah it's it's a very it's very dull uh, i was more invested in the japanese version of tales of symphonia at the time than i was star ocean 3 Hmm. But uh, yeah, like, like that's what I what I would say is that as with many things, though, uh, the the bad part, uh, the the thing that's infamously bad about Star Ocean Three is not something that was created in a vacuum separate from the other parts of it that I also don't like. So it's one of those things like you take that out and you've removed something I dislike that I think is such, that is radioactive enough that they had to do a lot of uh, careful arrangement in future games to try to avoid acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, what you're left with is still a game that I do not enjoy. I think it's uh, slow and ugly and has tons of just bad uh, general decisions around uh, like how it functions. I think that like tri subsystems are always chaotic and confusing. And the ones in uh, Star Ocean 3 are chaotic, confusing, and unfun to exploit, which is the biggest problem. So you get a game that doesn't play that well, doesn't have a very interesting story, doesn't really have much to go going for it. You would just be removing one of the things that makes it obnoxious. Um. But yeah, now that that axe is thoroughly ground down. Um... Yeah, I, I, I still laugh in the memory of Adrian being a short-term meme among some of the GameFAQs deniers who were like, um, just saying that they would never ever read another review by him. I, I, that's that's one of those games that was so infamously unpopular that I would be surprised if the, if he was not at least partially vindicated upon release. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like I said, most of this was going down before release. He actually, I that's think what I mean. Like, it, I, I would, yeah, I'm just saying that's what I mean. Like, once the game actually did come out, like it would not surprise me if some of them realized, oh wait, shit, I was super wrong. <laughs> Yeah, but some of them were just so invested in the argument by that point that they didn't... They yeah. could never admit that. But, yeah, but uh, I mean, it's the internet. People never admit anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this this one I want to bring up, uh, just so that we have time to think about it, because it feels like the sort of thing we'll have answers to, but it's going to take a minute. So, this is, this is our homework question for the week. Uh, which fictional in-game currency is used the most besides gold, if you count it? Uh, Zenny, Zenny is definitely going to be it, uh, just because Zenny is just like a, it shows up in all sorts of Japanese media. Media is just meaning money. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Zenny is actually an alternate reading for a small coin that was originally equivalent to a penny in Japan. Mm -hmm. 
prior to the end of World War Two. So hmm. um, it's, I mean, it's normally pronounced Sen, but um, yeah, like, Sen uh, and Rin that they used to have before hyperinflation yeah. destroyed the value yep. of two of them. Yep. So, but um, like Lupin the Third, the detective Zenigata. The Zenny in yep. his name is oh. that is the kanji for that coin. Mm-hmm. So, um, so as a as far as fake currencies go, it's one of the more logical ones that Japanese that the Japanese came up with, just because first they can actually fit it to a kanji, and second because it sort of sounds like penny. Yeah, it's got the it's got sort of like a pun aspect to it, and again, yeah, you already have a kanji for it that people will recognize. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Zenny is going to be that. And, you know, it, because it's become nomadic, it shows up in tons of stuff, even if they don't have, if they're spelling it out in, you know, uh, English characters, because it's just like, it's recognized. You'll you'll know what Zenny is referencing. <laughs> I think it, for a while it was like standard for all Capcom games or something. Yeah, the, the Mega Man Legends games use it. Uh, he, he brings up in this question that Forgotten Worlds, a very old Capcom arcade game, uses it. Uh, okay, so if you just Google Zenny, you got a frequently asked question of what game uses Zenny, and mm-hmm. it's uh, includes uh, Mega Man, Street Fighter, Breath of Fire, and Monster Hunter. So yeah, <laughs> it's very much a Capcom thing. Yeah, uh, I believe. Uh, I believe. Dragon Ball also uses Zenny. Yes, it does actually. Yeah, for the same uh, reasons. Yep. So just just one of those things. Like it's it's going to be Zenny. It's number one with a bullet, just because a number of places have used it. Multiple companies and multiple media. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things that since no one actually owns it, since the audience will know what it means, mm-hmm. uh, there's just a lot of uh, it's just a lot of good reasons to use it. But if we think of anything between now and next week, I want to bring that up just in case. Yeah, I mean, other than the very genetic Gorudo. Yeah, yeah, that was brought up as like gold does it, gold depending upon if you count it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, uh, I mean, it's that's more of a descriptor. Yeah, you might as well just be saying that. How, how much money do you have? Yeah. I mean, you could uh, say Pokebox, but I mean, in Japanese, it's just yen. Yeah, those are just yen. <laughs> yeah. Which makes a lot of uh, things in Pokemon. The cost of them suddenly makes a lot more sense when you're just converting from yen. Yeah. Uh, Okay, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am personally uh, bushed, so let's uh, start calling this uh, a relatively early night. Gaijin, yes. please tell me about princesses. Oh, well, it's the uh, online readings going pretty well, apparently, because I've got like ooh, about 1,300 pages read in the last two weeks. Nice. For online reading, it's like not bad. I mean, granted, that's about six and a half bucks on royalties. 
it's it's you know it's more than it was that's something at least yep anyway so yes yeah, so <clears throat> princesses of the pizza parlor on kindle and kindle unlimited um if you enjoy tabletop rpgs if you enjoy reading about ta- tabletop rpgs if you enjoy living vicariously through other people playing them and let us face it this is an entire genre on youtube at this point and if you want all of this and have it someplace that is not Ravenloft, as just as an example, because there's way <laughs> you don't want to do Curse of Shroud again. <laughs> well, I mean, there was there was like a month or two last, or a couple months last year, where it seems like every actual play podcast was doing Ravenloft, because D and D D and D didn't have a lot of really good adventure paths hmm. that would work that would work for this kind of thing. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> So yeah, so um, if you enjoy this kind of media experience and would like to continue to enjoy it in narrative format, we have Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, um, in which some questionable dice rolls are made and some more questionable personal decisions because it's you know that's just the way the game goes. Um, it is available in ebook. Currently, ten episodes, two short stories, and a really long paralogue. Or in dead tree format, which is about four paperbacks at this point, working on the fifth. <laughs> then check out, again, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor by Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U, on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. Thank you very much. Um, Tam, tell us, what, uh, tell us about the stream schedule. So, um... RP Gamer has uh, streams uh, seven days a week from various staff members. I myself usually stream uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning. Uh, right now I'm playing Relayer. Um, unfortunately, I, I had some health issues earlier in the week, so I was I did not have the stream. But uh, yeah, something did not agree with me, and it was it was messy. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, that Ooh. that time. Not quite as messy as uh, wheels getting hit by fans, though. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's supposed to be the easiest part of the dungeon. So, but, uh, yeah, so, but uh, catch us at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Um, a whole bunch of different content uh, from different people and uh, always different games. No, no two people would be playing the same game at the same time, usually, so. Uh, what about you, Dave? Uh, nothing to promote at this moment other than that me and Wheels are also, also do another show called Shenanigans on Sunday. Uh, most recently we've been playing Halo 5 Guardians and we've been having a lovely time. <laughs> yes, except for other weird fire team connection issues. Yeah, there's some weird connection issues that really, uh, makes uh, it a fiasco every time we actually have to start the game. But once we start playing the game, we have a great time. Yeah, I keep uh, running up behind wheels and attempting to kill him. True story. He keeps politely only kind of noticing. Uh, uh, there was yeah, someone who was purposely running up on him and killing him every time. Some, Pretty sure it's everyone up, involved. Sometimes you run up behind wheels and you punch him in the back of the head and hopefully he falls over dead. Um, Harsh. Listen, it's very funny because then I can immediately revive you anyway. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Did, did anyone get a clip of that uh, point where you just, where someone started, uh, like, I think it was Joe was describing, like, this horrible, horrible orbital heat laser or whatever, and you're like, orbital heat laser, and then we're immediately obliterated by one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't know if anyone clipped that, but that was hilarious. That was beautiful. I will live on in our hearts. Uh, but I, yeah, you I, can... But I did not clip it, but you can go back and clip it now. Yeah, but I'll sound tired. Maybe later. Um, I think we've got like two weeks before the VOD dies. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think I have them set for it to just stay there because I have Prime. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm going to say something about it. Uh, but yeah, you can catch that at uh, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, most uh, Sunday nights. Uh, we'll continue to be playing uh, Halo for the foreseeable future. Uh, we might take some breaks if things we actually care about come out. We do. Uh, Speaking of Microsoft's Developer Direct, do you want to do Redfall when that comes out? That'd be fun. Sure. Cool. We could do uh, some, well, we'll do some GoldenEye once that's available. Oh, yeah, we got to do Golden Guy. We'll do Golden Guy this week, probably. Yeah, the, is that, what is that, the 27th? Yeah, 27th, I think. Oh, that's, I don't think that's very sweet. Yeah, we should do that. Friday. Yeah. Good old Golden Guy. Um... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Wait, yeah. Is, is that, that's so? Like only the Nintendo one of that is the Switch out. version of that will have online. And that's what's coming out Friday. Are they both coming out Friday? I believe they are both coming out Friday. Okay. Why is the Switch one the only one getting the multiplayer online? That's that's what I, I find confusing. I assume some sort of handshake deal to make it so that all parties would agree to the release of the version of this re-release. I mean, it's probably uh, just be uh, maybe that, or maybe just because like they already have emulation stuff in their own to do. Yeah, I, I would imagine like I getting the emulator to run online for Microsoft probably not outside or their updated version or whatever. Getting that to run is probably not outside of their capacity, but I do think that it is outside of how much they want to spend on gold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll play some Golden Guy. It'll be fun. Uh, someone will pick up a job and will be declared public enemy number one. Uh, but yeah, um, what's the thing I was going to say something about? Uh, my, uh, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, so that, that'll be Sunday nights, 9pm Eastern. Midnight Eastern, 9pm Pacific. Uh, See, uh, you can ask us questions for this show, which is also typically recorded at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Wednesdays. Uh, you can uh, ask us question, uh, questions as dear friend Doomerang did via the uh, uh, Wheels' Twitch chat, which is recorded as, as shenanigans at twitch.tv slash askwheels. Or you can ask us questions via the Discord, as your friend Fireminer so often does. Uh, thank you to both him and Dumari for providing our questions for this week. Uh, <sighs> um, 
But yeah, uh, you can also ask us questions in the comments section under this very episode. Uh, we also can often be a little late posting them, so we usually check back the last few episodes. So rest assured, even if we did not immediately answer your questions, it will probably be uh, within the next few episodes. We will. Yes. But uh, otherwise, uh, I think. Uh, if you do not have it, uh, access to the Discord, you can get access to the Discord by going to rpgamer.com and clicking the community tab, which will get you a Discord invite. Uh, it's a lovely community, whether you want to ask us questions or not, but we always do love getting questions from y'all, so, you know, give us uh, give a shot if you got Feedbacks, it. comments, <laughs> any topics you want us to bring up doesn't actually have to technically be a question. Yeah, it doesn't have to be in the form of a question. Yes, this is not Jeopardy. You can just prompt us and then we will, we can prompt us and then we will just go off on a completely unrelated tangent for about 20 minutes um but yeah uh so you know if you got if you got things for us you can ask us in any of those aforesaid ways but uh otherwise see you space cowboys see ya